2 Kings chapter 6. That's in the Old Testament after the books of Samuel. 1 and 2 Kings, and we're going to be in 2 Kings. Lord, we just praise you this morning. God, we give you glory, Father God. Help us, God, to perceive and understand, to receive what you're saying to us this morning, God. That you give us the the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, Lord. We thank you, Father. Is everyone there? Second Kings chapter 6. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. It's too small. We're constrained here. So verse 2, let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, or some wood, some lumber, and let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, go ye. So Elisha gave these uh, sons of the prophets, he gave them his blessing. He gave them the go-ahead. You go ahead and, and do that. So in verse 3, and one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. And in verse 4, so they went with them. He went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. So they started chopping down trees so they could build places to stay. In verse 5, but as one was felling a beam, and the axe head fell into the water, and he cried, and he said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it, cast it thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore he said, Take it up to thee, and he put out his hand, and he took it. So here we see a couple of different things. And this is what the Lord gave me this specifically for today as I was praying and asking the Lord, what is the word? What is the word for this morning? How do we speak to your people this morning? And he said, battle axe. Or axe head is what he said. Axe head. And I knew exactly what scripture he was talking about. It's just That's how he does it. So here we are in the scripture. So let's look at this for a minute. Take our time and look at this axe head and what was going on. I'm not going to get all deep and and weird on you. (laughs) It's pretty, pretty clear to me. And it's pretty, I think it's going to be clear to bring it across. But when this, this man, this, this prophet was cutting down this beam, the axe head fell into the water. And I think immediately when I see how he cried out to the, 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 his master, Elisha, the master prophet, daddy, you know, kind of like, you know, we call um, here, we call our pastors a lot, lots of times, or our leaders will call him dad or mom. Yeah, I've noticed that in and, and, um, and, and other circles too, like um, a, a lot of apostolic churches, I think they do that. And um, anyways, so he called out to him. He said, master, I lost it. What am I going to do? And I can kind of see like when the, the disciples would talk to Jesus and Jesus was just going, here we go again, you know. And so Elijah just goes and he gets this, cuts off the stick and he throws it in there. And he basically, it doesn't even say he says any words. He doesn't say anything. He just throws the stick into the water and the axe head swims back upstream and gets onto the handle. And he says, pick it up. Simple, right? 
When, we, when God shows us things, it really is simple. We are the ones that make it difficult. Am I right? We try, to, we try to pick it up and shake it and look at it, put it under a microscope, try to figure out what he's saying. And I've told you, as I've told you from the beginning, when God shows us something, we say to him, Lord, what is it? Right? And he might say back to you, what do you see? Right? What do you see here? Well, I see an axe head, Lord. What are you showing me? Why are you showing me this axe head? What is about this axe head? So one of the things that we noticed, one of the things this morning as I was reading back over, and I, I literally began to cry as I was reading this, because what, listen to what he's saying. And the man of God said, wait a minute, let me back up. Verse 5, but as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. Now what is an axe head for? What do you use the axe for? Chopping down trees, working. Amen? They were working for what? For their own selfish gain? And you might think that. When you look at it, you say, well, they said that the place they were staying in was too small. They couldn't, they couldn't prosper there. They needed to move out and get something bigger. But that's what they, they saw it. These were prophets. These were young prophets that were being brought up in the school of prophecy. Amen? And so they were learning from Elijah how to be prophets. And they saw this need that they needed to build another building. They needed to move out and start another place. They, they were prospering and they needed to, to get a bigger, another place. And so they were going about God's business and they were using this axe to go about God's business and to accomplish what God had purposed. Amen? All right. So they, this, this axe head was not his own axe head. For alas, it is borrowed. The axe head was not his. Now I want to commission, commend. I want to set this before you. That when you borrow something from someone, how do you treat it? Treat it better than your own stuff, right? Better than your own. You don't take it and say, oh, well, it's so-and-so, you know, well, it's not mine. I'm just going to throw it down over here in the mud and in the, 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 the water. I'll pick it up later. Knowing that it's going to be all rusty and dirty and nasty when you pick it up. And the, 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 the worms of this little, what are those, the earwigs get in there and the termites get in there and start eating on it. Right? Or pine beetles. As I was talking to a gentleman yesterday and he was doing some work underneath the floors of his, of his house, his older house, and they went in there and looked and there were beams in there that were literally just pine wood trees that they had chopped down and split and put in there raw pine wood. And of course the pine beetles that are going crazy across the area got in there and just ate those pieces of wood out. Would you just take it and just, oh, well, I'm just going to throw this axe. It's a good axe. I like it. I'm glad someone so let me borrow it. I'm just going to leave it out here on the wood pile in the weather. No, you should not do that. Right, kids? Don't do that. When it's not yours, you take better care of it than you would your own. So you would inspect it. How many, how many tree choppers do I have in here? Axe users. Okay, if you've ever used an axe, if you just run out there and you know it's been a minute since it's been used, you just pick it up and start swinging? I hope not, especially after today's lesson. So after, after what we're learning here, that you need to look at it. You need to inspect it, 
right? You don't just pick up a gun and start firing, hopefully, right? You inspect it. You make sure it's good. You make sure it's clean. You make sure that it's ready to be used so you don't have to worry about misfiring. When I went and got my C uh, CWP, the, in South Carolina they call it a CWP instead of a... whatever it's called here, the, the, the concealed weapons permit. And here it's called concealed carry, so CCP. And so when I went to get my concealed weapons permit, I went through the whole class and I aced it and they took us to the shooting range and I had a borrowed gun. And I thought that the person I borrowed from knew about the gun, but I didn't realize it was an old gun. The gold gun was probably older than I am. And it had been cleaned, but it had been sitting on the shelf. And anyway, so I began to shoot it, and it began to misfire. So I would, you know, click, click, and it's not going anywhere. Nothing's happening. So then I had to borrow a different gun, which was different than what I was using at all. I think it was a revolver, revolver. So I had to learn how to use that real quick, and I still ace the test. But the point is, I should have had my own weapon. I should have been familiar with it. And I should have looked it over first, right? They taught us how to check them and all that kind of stuff. So we checked and made sure chambers were good and that kind of thing. But it had not... There, the mechanisms were worn out, right? So when you pick up an ax and you look at it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you can look at it and tell if it's loose, right? It starts with that wood begins to kind of break down, the ax head gets kind of wobbly, right? And so you, you realize that sooner or later, you're gonna swing it and that ax head, you're gonna, one way or the other, that ax head's gonna come off. So we need to remember that when it's something borrowed, when God blesses you with something, when God sends something your way, you need to treat it preciously. Amen? And you might have it on borrowed time. You might not be with you always. Jesus said, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be with you all the time. I will, I'll be here a little while and then I'll be gone. And the disciples were confused. What are you talking about? Right? We need to treat one another. Amen? Redeeming the time. We need to treat other one another like, like we're borrowed. Our children. When we, get, when we have our children, when we come to the church, lots of times your church will say, well, let's do a baby dedication. Right? I have that baby, baby dedication. To me, that is realizing this. To remind the parents, this child has been given to you as a blessing and a heritage of the Lord. A heritage of the Lord means that it's given and on loan and on trust. You're being trusted with this soul to raise this little soul up for the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Even when teenagers come into our lives, right? We have to realize that, that whoever God sends into our life, that we have them on borrowed time. They're not ours to treat however we want to. They belong to the Lord. Amen? So... That being said, we, we realize here that this axe head was meant for the building of the kingdom of God to build this, this house for the Lord, to build up and make a place for these young prophets to grow and to prosper, to equip the men and women of God. Amen? That's what they were doing. That's what the axe head was there for. It was on borrowed time, sent to be used to build up the kingdom and to build up the, the young prophets, the men and women of God. Ephesians 3.20 That they may You remember? 
piece of hair in my glasses. We're all drawing a blank right here. <laughs> Look it up. Ephesians 3.20. Anyways, so we need to remember that God has a plan and a purpose for each and every person. Amen? And we're not always promised tomorrow with that person. We're not always promised that that person is going to be around forever. Amen? It's been a, a big thing in my life as I've been uh, gone through my life. And, and it seems at pivotal times, too, that, that people seem to get attached to me, that the Lord tells me to move someplace else. And, Back, way back when my kids were little, we started a homeschool um, used curriculum bookstore. So a Christian curriculum connection. And um, it was where you could buy used curriculum. I can't even say it anymore. Where you could buy used school books, Christian school books for homeschooling. And we started this store and we, and we were working together, me and my, my good friend from church. And we were working together on it. And something happened. I don't remember exactly everything that happened. But the Lord told me to step away from it. And so I stepped away, and she kind of got her feelings hurt. She was like, I don't understand. Why are you leaving me now? Why? I thought we were going to go through this together. I thought we were going to be together, you know, raise our kids up. And, and I said, but the Lord you know, told me to move on from this. And, you know, today that business has prospered her and kept her and her. Five, six. I forgot how many children she has. All of her children. And to this day, that store is still going and prospering in her home. People all over the state, all over the nation, order from her and call her and ask her for advice. And if I had been there, I might have hindered it. I don't know, but God says, move, you got to move. Amen? There used to be a song, when God gets ready, you got to move. So fast forward a little while, something else like that happened. Um, where we thought that somebody said, well, I thought we were going to raise our kids together. We're going to grow up like this. It was going to be like this and that. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. Got to move. And just before we moved from South Carolina back here, my, my friend, um, she said, we call each other best friends, but you know, you have good friends and people that you really confide in. We've just always been friends ever since we met. And so she was moving back from way up north to South Carolina. And she was making all of her preparations to come, and we were praying with her and helping her and, and um, baptized her and her husband in the, the Congaree River, and all these great things were happening. And then I said, well, the Lord just gave us the, the commission. He just gave us the date for when we were supposed to move to the Navajo Nation. And they got upset. Her husband texted me, and he said, you know, you're the reason she's coming to South Carolina. And I said, no, that's not true. She's coming to South Carolina because she needs to move from where she is because it's a bad, it's not good for her, and she needs peace and respite, and she needs to be back where her house is and back where her people are, so to speak. And she had to, she's supposed to be here. She's not supposed to be there, and I'm supposed to be over there, right? So when God tells us that we have to move, sometimes it's not the most comfortable thing or the most, what we think is the opportune time, but God knows. Amen? Amen? You understand what I'm saying? At least on some level. Praise God. So therefore, he said, he put the stick into the water, and the water swam back to, to, the, um, to the stick, to went back to where it belonged. It went back to what, um, back onto that handle where it could be used the way that God wanted it to be used. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 51. Jeremiah chapter 51. Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a prophet, a man of God. He's considered to be the weeping prophet because he cried so much. He would cry before the Lord and intercede. 
and lament before God on behalf of God's people. Jeremiah chapter 51 is near the end of the book, (laughs) obviously, because it's a big number. And it's just before Lamentations and just after Isaiah. Jeremiah 51. Everybody there? I still hear pages turning. Praise God. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, God, for your leadership, for your guidance, for your comfort. Lord, we just give you glory, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody there now? Okay. Jeremiah 51, and we're just going to scoot right down to verse 20. For the Lord said to Jeremiah, and he, and he spoke this to me, Thou art my battle axe and my weapons of war. For with thee I will break in pieces the nations, and with thee I will destroy kingdoms. And with thee I will break in pieces the horse and his rider. And with thee I will break in pieces the chariot and his rider. With thee also I will break in pieces man and woman. And with thee I will break in pieces old and young. And with thee I will break in pieces the young man and the and the maid. And, and he, go, <laughs> he goes on, I will break in pieces with thee the shepherd and his flock. And with thee I, I will break in pieces the husbandman and the yoke of oxen. And with thee I will break in pieces captains and rulers the point here is that, that God says I you are my battle axe and weapon of war amen <clears throat> we need to realize a couple of things right here like we talked about being on borrowed time we need to realize that you and I are all meant to be instruments of the Lord Amen? That we are his tools, that we're tools, ready tools in his hands, that we're ready vessels, that we are ready to do whatever it is that he needs us to do. Amen? And when he says jump, we say how high. When he says move to the west, you move to the west. When he says move to the east, you move to the east. If he says go up the mountain, you go up the mountain. If he says, Jeremiah, I'm going to put you in a pit, you say, Lord, I don't want to go in the pit, but I'll go if it will help set your people free. Right? So we do what he tells us to do. And we do it as Jesus went onto the cross and he went to the cross. The Bible says that he said, the Bible says it was the joy that was set before him. So the ministry and the things that God calls us into and leads us into, no matter which way it goes, what it looks like, walking by faith means you don't look at the walk by sight. Amen? Walking by faith doesn't mean that you say, well, I'm not going to cut down this tree because I don't like the way this axe looks. Or I'm not going to go to this church because I don't like the way they painted the, the steeple. The cross, sorry. I, don't like, I personally don't like steeples. So uh, you know, I don't like the way they painted the cross on top of the church. So I'm not going to go there. It just says, it looks ugly and it doesn't match my dress. So I'm not going. We need to get over ourselves and obey God. Amen? Amen. Have you ever read... Thank you, Jesus. If you've ever read the prophets, just all through the Old Testament, the prophets and the things that they did and what they endured, Ezekiel had to lay on his side for 40 days on one side in the dirt. But that wasn't bad enough. 
He didn't get to wear his favorite clothes. He didn't take, get to take his blanket or his pillow. Right? Have you ever read it? Ezekiel? He had to um, cook his food over a dunk. Anybody want to do that? I don't want to do that, Lord. He, had, he did it because it was prophetic and God told him to do it. He didn't do it because he decided, hey, you know what? This would be a cool prophetic message. If I do it like this, maybe they'll understand. No, he did it because God said so. Amen? He didn't go out there and stand on the corner in his BVDs and say, I decree, decree and declare that God told me to hereby lay on my left side and for 40 days and 40 nights, and I have decided that this is a good way to, to, to do this, and so I'm decreeing and declaring that this is what I'm going to do. No, he did not. He said, yes, Lord, and he didn't make a big deal. out of I mean, it was a big deal because people were like, what? He had to lay by the city gate. All, everybody that came in and everybody that went out saw it. God told him to do it, and he did it because God told him to do it, and he spoke only when God was told him to speak. And in that, he shared the message of judgment if they didn't repent. Amen? That's not something any of us want to do, is it? It's not pleasant. It's not pleasing. It's not always what you want it to be. It's not going to be easy. When God, when God called Larry and I, the man of God called us up to the front of the church. He anointed him with the oil. I guess they anointed me too. I don't remember. And we were standing side by side, husband and wife. And he spoke to Larry and therefore spoke to me. And about our ministry. And he said, God has called you into the ministry. He's called you to do these things. And he said, um, he was preaching Elijah, wasn't he? He said, it's going to be uh, an excellent spirit. What did he say? Something, something. Anyway, he said something about the spirit of God being upon him. And therefore upon our ministry. And then he said, and it's not going to be an easy road. There... As a matter of fact, it's going to be a tough road to hoe, is how he said it. So through, we kind of laugh about it sometimes because we go out on the, the, the reservation roads and we see these, these signs up that say, caution, bumpy road ahead, or bump ahead, or a rough road. And we're like, thank you, Lord. Thanks for reminding us that it's a rough road. Amen? And you've got to stay, stay the course. No matter how rough the road gets, God is with you. Amen? God is with us, and he will lead us and guide us. If we will allow him to. Turn with me to Philippians. <clears throat> Excuse me. Lord, we give you glory. We thank you, Jesus. Praise your holy name. Our God is good. Amen. He does great things. Everything that he does is good. He is worthy of all of our praise. We thank you, Lord. <coughs> Philippians chapter 4. No matter how things might look and no matter how discouraged you get or, or how discouraging things might be, please don't be discouraged, okay? The scripture tells us that um, Paul said we are pressed down but not destroyed, amen? We need to remind ourselves of that. I was talking to a brother the other day and he sounded a little 
a little down, and the Lord just dropped that one little piece of that verse, that scripture, into my spirit. And I told him, I said, you know what, brother, we're pressed out, but we're not destroyed. And he started laughing. And he said, thank you for that. <laughs> Amen? Because God's saying he'll bring us through it. When we know the word, we know. And God will just give us one little bit, piece or sometimes. And we, we might get after each other. We should have quoted the whole thing. But the Lord just gives you that little bit. That's what you share. Amen? As we are learning, we've been learning about the gifts of the Spirit and stuff. We need to understand that we, it has to be in and through the Holy Ghost. Amen? And that, that we, as we grow in the, in the Spirit, we grow in the Holy Ghost is because we're growing in our relationship with God. And if you expect to see the fivefold ministry in action in this church, it's going to take people getting on their knees and spending time before God. And then, not only that, you can have a great relationship with the Lord, but, if you're, but it's not that great if you're not willing to open your mouth and let Him fill it. Amen? I'm not talking about preaching. I'm talking about being willing to, to speak, speak a message in tongues and bring the interpretation or, or give someone a word of knowledge. Some teachers, some preachers, some evangelists. Amen? It takes a relationship with God first. You can't put the, well, I know I'm called to do this. So I'm just going to run out there and do it, but I don't have a relationship. Amen? We need that relationship. We need that, that, that fine-tuning to hear what the Spirit is saying. <clears throat> Chapter 4, Philippians 4. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and my crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. This is my, my word to you. This is what I would have say to you, but it was written so beautifully, I didn't want to change it. <laughs> Therefore, my brothers and sisters, beloved and longed for my joy, my crown, stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Skip with me to um, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say to you, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Let your gentleness, your love be known to all men because Jesus is coming soon. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatsoever is true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are love, what are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think and meditate on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. And that's my prayer for you. That's my commission to you from this day forward is that you... We begin to think about one another as a body more, that we begin to reach out in prayer and intercede for one another. But when the hard times come and stuff starts to come against you, don't let that thing speak to you. Amen? Alas, but it was borrowed. Now, he could have just watched it go on down the, the, and let it go. But he called for the man of God. He called for somebody else that he knew could get in touch with God or somebody else that knew how to move in the power of God. 
We could just sit there and wither away, but rather if we'll think on the things that God tells us to think of here in the Word of God, if we think on those things, and nothing is good unless it's of God. Amen? So we think of the good things of God that He has set before us, and we think of the things that what he, where He's leading us. He told us, He tells you that His ways are right, and that He has set a path for you. Amen? Jeremiah 29 11, that he has a path, a plan, and a way for you. His plan is good, and it is to bring you to a, his expected end. Not yours, not your plans, but his plans. Amen? Praise God. Amen. I hope all of this is kind of clicking in your mind of what, what God's telling us here and what, he's, what the direction that he's taking us as a body and as a church. Amen? I thank the Lord for all that he's done, even within. How long have we been here as pastors? A little over three years? Almost four years? We thank God for what he's done here. And still today, you know, post-COVID, we look around, we still don't see what we want to see as far as numbers of people in the house. But people are listening to the podcast. So, you know, in that, in that way, when we look at it, we have increased in number. And we do have people that listen from to other places and other states and even within the state. So we praise God for that. We praise God for how he's expanding the, the ministry from even within these four walls out into the city, into the streets. Yes, even into the city and into the hills and, and even the, the youth in other places. You know, because of what God is doing here that is reaching out to other places. Amen? So I praise God for what he is doing and what he's going to do at Blue Water. And I just thank God for what he's doing even through our podcast. It's, um, it's called Purveyor of Truth. So I thank God for what he's even doing through that ministry, that he's reaching out, he's reaching people, and that we are growing in the Lord. Amen? Thank you.